is up, Fantasy Fam? Here we are back again. Week 10 is in the books, ready to move on to week 11. We are almost, what, three quarters of the way through the season. It's pretty depressing, right? I remember I remember September was not too far, you know, too far gone. And now we're already, you know, in the in the crux of November. Thanksgiving coming up soon. We were just and preparing. We were just preparing for our drafts. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I remember, you know, July, August, getting ready, getting prepared, getting psyched. And now it's week 11 coming up. So it's it's awesome, but at the same time, to reflect back and see how terrible some of my teams are, um, is is really, really hurts. <laughs> uh, <laughs> We've all been there. Yeah. So. At this point, it reminds me of uh, that famous Dennis Green saying when they uh, when they lost that game. They they are who we who we say they are. We are who we thought they are. Whatever. They are who we thought they were. Yeah, exactly. That's that was that was the worst loss. Now, right? That was the worst loss I've ever seen ever. Yeah, fourth quarter. I remember that one. I actually remember that. Against the Bears, right? Yes. So that's how I feel right now is looking back like it's just – and maybe that's how everyone else feels. I mean, maybe looking at your teams, you're like, wow, what happened? You know, I wish I could go back to August, redraft, pick these players that I really did like, quote-unquote, and, you know, go from there. But that's not how it works. You know, you got to work or, a bunch of – man, I did a really great job. And Yeah, exactly. Let's hope they continue to do this right. well. To make the playoffs and then win the league and I can win some cash. Yay. Right. Take my wife, take for my family you, out to dinner, buy myself a nice new item. Nice, nice item. How's that iPhone treating you? It's pretty sweet, actually. I got a <laughs> nice nice protective case and a screen. Now I'm just sending everybody videos, the anim, animoji videos. Those animoji. My, my voice. With I, was, all these, I, uh, <laughs> I actually LOL. Like, you actually made me LOL. <laughs> oh, dude. Is that like... Is that like I saw, like rolling on the floor laughing. I, I saw the commercial. I saw a commercial <laughs> for that. And I'm like, that looks so stupid. And then you actually see it in in like live action. It's pretty funny. It's insane. It's hilarious. It's uh, I, I advise if you could all check it out to go for it. <laughs> awesome, awesome. So how about we talk about week eleven a little bit? Let's get us prepared for the week ahead. Uh, a lot of storylines to discuss. Some more important than others. And to the one that jumped off the page. Uh, to start was uh, Nathan Peterman getting this nod over Tyrod Taylor. Mm. Su- surprised, baffled, kind of. I thought it was more of a like a future pick. Uh, it's still slightly perplexing though. I think Tyrod Taylor had a great start to the season. Uh, struggled the last few games, so uh, it's going to be tough sledding, I believe, though. Start his career playing against that uh, fierce defensive line in uh, San Diego, L.A., whatever, wherever they play these days. Joey Bosa, Melvin Ingram, so. And the Chargers have a really good pass defense too, so it should be a, it should be an interesting first NFL game for. Well, for start. Yeah, start. He, yeah, yeah, start. he played the last game and he didn't yeah. look bad. I mean, he he was more of a you know s- s- you know sit him and let him you know absorb everything going on. But if Tyrod's playing like crap, I just don't understand why they would do it because Buffalo's not out of it. No, you know Buffalo's not. not. They're not three and seven. We're in the playoffs, I think, if it ended today. I think they're yeah. in the it today, yep. seed. It would be the sixth right? seed. So. Yep. They must have a lot of faith in him, yeah. or very little faith in Tyrod. But that is neither here nor there. We'll see how he plays this week. Good luck, buddy. Zeke, finally, it has come to an end. I know you, uh, as a Giants fan, are excited. Um, not so much on the other side of the aisle here. But, hey, this, this took the entire season. I will just give my point, and then you guys can, you know, Tell me how you think about this. But the fact of the matter is is that he, he is now going to be suspended for the six most important games of the season. Yes. You know, the Cowboys, the Cowboys aren't great this year. And they need their star player when they need him most. And that is in those last few games of the season 
for that playoff push. And the fact is that he is not there is huge. He should have just bit the bullet and he should have just taken those first six games and said, you know what? I was wrong. I, I'm going to not going to cost my team any more grief. And it did not happen that way. I agree. That's all I got to say. From a fantasy perspective, it sucks. If you if you yeah. have him right now, because this is your playoffs, and you're not going to have him for the playoffs. <laughs> me, that's that's solely fantasy fantasy wise. But as a Cowboys fan, it's it's it sucks. And if you watched the Atlanta Falcon game this past weekend, it was brutal. So we will see how that plays out for Alfred Morris and company. Uh, maybe Dak gets even more involved than he already is, especially on the in the running game. But big big blow to the Cowboys. Another wild storyline is the fact that Blaine Gabbert is going to start another NFL game. Boy. I, 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 I saw I, I saw that um, Bruce Arians said something up, you know, the lines of, I will keep it PG here, that Blaine Gabbert played for two crappy teams. And that would be the Jaguars and the 49ers. And he's saying, you know, this is the quarterback whisperer, you know, Bruce Arians saying, I can do this with Blaine Gabbert. Well, if you could do with Blaine Gabbert and you have you think so highly of him, why was he your third string quarterback? You know, I I don't get it. Why are you saying that if he's your third string? They are not yeah, a good. The Cardinals are not a good team right now. I mean, yeah, they're four and five, but they really have nothing other than Larry Fitzgerald. It's about right. Who who definitely suffers with Blaine Gabbert? Two crappy teams. Let's make it three. Sorry. <laughs> I like Bruce Arians a lot, but he did nothing with Logan Thomas as a project QB. And then Drew Stanton, kind of, he kind of stinks, too. He reminds me a little bit of uh, Tom Savage, the statue. So, Yeah, I'm not a fan. Should be an interesting game. Tom Savage versus Blaine Gabbard. (laughs) See, we have a very different definition of the word interesting. There's there's a game I want to watch five times. Check that. Six times. Red zone better not show. (laughs) They won't have to worry about it in the red zone. I don't think they will be in there very often. That's true. So, and the last thing just to, you know, to talk about is the Jordan Reed injury. He's already missed, what, two, three games this year already. Uh, he's been in and out with this, with his, you know, first with his toe injury, and now it's a hammy. Uh, I, I just, I don't know what to think of this anymore. Jordan Reed is just a really big gamble almost every week. I, I, he's a chandelier, bro. It's frustrating, too, because the Redskins offense is starting to come around. Hey, you got Vern. You got old Papa Vern back there playing well, so... Um, it's tough to roster a spot for Jordan Reed because he keeps getting hurt. But when he's healthy, he's a beast. It's just the question is if you're going to be healthy. Seems like he hasn't even played at all this year. Vernon well, Davis, it feels that way. It, it feels, feels that, that way. way. Vernon exactly. Davis. Yeah, Vernon Davis has felt like he's been the you know their star player all year. He's playing like Vernon Davis should have played when he got drafted by the Niners. <laughs> How he did play for like one season. For one season, exactly. <laughs> yeah, he played all right for a little while there. Yeah. It's all right. The past is the past. And we'll move on here. On that note, let's move on here to a little bit of a segment that uh, I want to call Who Has More Points? Direct to the point, who has more points? We are, up to week, we are up to week 10. We are at week 10 right now, okay? We are, you know, six weeks, seven weeks from the end of the season. Kind of just a check-in here of who has more points from a star perspective, from a nobody perspective, and kind of comparing each position, a player from each position that we probably wouldn't have expected to be there. First one, I'll start out with the quarterback position. Who has more points, fantasy points this season? Ooh. Drew Brees or Jared Goff? Oh, this is easy. Jared Goff. Jared Goff. Goats my goats, man. 
It's very close, but yes, Jared Goff does have more points. He has nine more fantasy points this season. Drew Brees did not throw a touchdown last game. I know. That's why I said that, very because su- Jared Goff threw three. Very timely. Very surprising. <laughs> yeah, it is it is very surprising. I mean, there was an article that was written up today from 538 that said Jared Goff statistically is the best quarterback in football this season. He looks very good. Wow. Sean McVay, I'm telling you. I've been very touting good. him as the coach of the year all season. Oh, he's going to be at this point. Yeah, it's incredible yeah. what he's been doing. Family around football's entire life. I'm um, I'm happy for the kid. Good job, man. Running back position. This is I found this one pretty interesting. Jay Ajayi or Isaiah Crowell. I'm gonna go Crowell just based on his past few games, but it might be by like 1.7 points. I'm gonna go with Ajayi. <laughs> well, one of you is right. That is for sure. Uh, <laughs> uh, it is Isaiah Crowell. That is depressing in itself because Isaiah Crowell for the first few weeks of the season was awful. Awful. He, did not, he, did he was nothing, unstartable. Yeah. And he has nine. Crow, Crowell in a PPR format has 91 points. JJ has 80. That is Ooh. depressing. Yeah. Wide receiver position. Robbie Anderson or Keenan Allen? Robbie Anderson. Ooh. I'm going to go out on a limb here as well and say Robbie with his big touchdowns. He's had four touchdowns in a row. Robbie in a non-PPR format right now is a top 12 wide receiver. What? In a PPR format, though, he is much further down because he does not have a ton of receptions. But, yes, Robbie Anderson has 122 points as of now in a PPR format, and Keenan Allen has 110. Their, Their draft differential was... Very large. You Nobody probably drafted Robbie Anderson. Pretty interesting to see this. <laughs> it's really unbelievable to look back on this. And this last one, Jared Cook or Kyle Rudolph? Ooh, Jared Cook. Jared Cook's had two good games, maybe. I'm going to go Kyle Rudolph. It's actually Jared Cook. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, could not get over that as well. In a PPR format, Jared Cook, 95 points on the season, while Kyle Rudolph has 86 Close. It just shows that yeah. the Minnesota offense is kind of pivoting away from what they did last year and the fact that they kept targeting Kyle Rudolph. And this year, Adam Thielen has been a big target for them instead. Number three in yards in the NFL. Adam Thielen is having a great year. Are you feeling Thielen? Diggs, yes, we are Diggs, all. Diggs' we're, year isn't bad either. Yeah, for, for a guy who's missed a lot of time, Diggs, yeah. he's he's been playing pretty well as uh, you know to go along with that. So it's nice to have a, a good wide receiver one-two combo like that. All right, let's jump into the most important part of the section, and we're going to talk about the Week 11. We're going to get into some games. We're going to talk about some matchups to exploit, some matchups to avoid, and then we're going to you know, talk about uh, an interesting matchup this week that we think is a matchup of interest that might be kind of fun to watch or maybe not fun to watch, and that's why it's interesting to us. So, uh, Yeah, give me this one. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll kick this one off here. Uh, Derek Carr and the wide receivers from Oakland. So they're playing the Patriots in Mexico City this weekend. New England is ranked toward the bottom of the barrel against QBs and wide receivers in fantasy. Mm -hmm. Even though they have been playing better lately, this game has the looks of a shootout to me written all over it. So I'm going all in on Derek Carr, Michael Crabtree, Amari Cooper. Let's get it done, boys. Both offenses, for that matter. Both defenses stink in that game. I think uh, one to definitely exploit is uh, the – I know I hate to say it's kind of weird, but the New York Giants, they could actually have a field day on the Kansas City run defense. They are 4.1 yards away from having the worst run defense in the league. So I know New Orleans' Darquan Knight has been doing pretty solid lately. 
I personally think that the Giants need to ride the hot hand with him. They got to keep that offense off the field. Kansas City Chief offense off the field. Run the ball with Orleans Darqua. I mean, speaking of shootouts, just to uh, comment, you know, since it's um, since it's my team and we tend to do that, you know, we have pride and respect for our team's fellows and we we give each other the floor, which I appreciate. They did have a heart to heart today, Ben McAdoo. They uh, they cleared the air apparently, so. I'm not sure if you can try any less than they have over the past few weeks because it's been the, th- the thing that gets gets me too. You know what really grinds my gears? You know, there if, you go. If you're getting paid, say ten million dollars, there should be no other motivation to not give your all every single play, aside from pride and respect alone to yourself, the organization, your family. You represent all of that. Last week, Janoris Jenkins looked despicable out there. Terrible, atrocious. They should have ripped him off the field. Get anybody on the bench. Get the water boy, the towel boy out there. They would try harder than that. It was it was embarrassing. So maybe this week, though, after the heart-to-heart, you know, sometimes it takes a good, you know, stern talking to. Like, uh, check yourself a little bit here. But I'm just hoping that this is a hot, very high-scoring game, you know, for our entertainment value and for our fantasy teams alike. Another shootout. Let's go. I think it could be. I think it's actually going to be. Um, the one just I, I tried to keep this in and I didn't want to say it out loud, but that one in eight air must be really thin. You said, you know, they cleared the air. It, what air? One in eight is really not much air in there. <laughs> All right, guys, I'm leaving. The, the fact that your top two wide receivers go down also doesn't, oh, doesn't God, help. Excuses, excuses. They stink. Uh-oh. All right. Anyway. <laughs> it's pretty bad. That's just mean. Anyway. That's just mean. Jets. Anyway. My matchup to exploit, my favorite matchup of any of my uh, tonight, is LaShawn McCoy versus the L.A. Chargers. Uh, they are the worst rush defense in the NFL. They are 32nd, giving up 135 on the ground. Um, it does not help that – well, actually, it does help. Let's rephrase that. It does help the uh, the Bills and LaShawn McCoy that Nathan Peterman is starting, like we just discussed. A running back, dinking it off to him, is going to be your best friend. And they are going to do that as much as possible. But also, they're going to give him the rock. I mean, he's had one hundred-yard game, uh, two hundred-yard games this season. He hasn't had one in the last f- three weeks. So I think it's his time. I mean, we've been starting Lashawn McCoy every week, and we've been somewhat disappointed. We, you know, we only get points through his receiving, you know, yards and his receptions. But I think this is a week that he's going to break out just based on the fact that there's going to be a new starting quarterback in there, and the Bills are still on the fringe of playoff contention. They're going to give it to their best player. I wouldn't be surprised if he had 40 total touches. Yeah, I, I, that's what I'm looking. <laughs> yeah, I'm, lo- I'm looking at somewhere in the 25 uh, rushing category and probably about six to eight receptions, maybe more. So I think this could be a big week for McCoy against the Chargers' um, pretty lackadaisical rush defense. Another interesting one that I want to bring up, and you mentioned him in your who has more points, Isaiah Crowell. So the Jacksonville Jags have an incredible defense, and they are six and three if you've been watching the, their games. But the Jaguars' pa- uh, pass defense is the best in the league, and their run defense, not so much. They're actually in the lower percentile right now. So Isaiah Crowell, definitely, if they want to hopefully win, they, they're they going to need to run the ball. So Crowell could get, I could see, between 20 to 25 carries for, for this game. He had a good week last week, too. Mm-hmm. He, he did. He played well. He It took a while. You know, it only took nine weeks. But, yeah, I mean, he, he played reasonably well for a pretty crappy um, Cleveland defense. I mean, Cleveland offense. My my last one that I'll talk about is, is Julio versus the Seahawks. Ooh. And go back, what, four or five days. 
Uh, it, this would definitely not be my first option. Julio has been less than stellar this year. He's in the middle of the pack for fantasy points um, for wide receivers. But the fact of the matter is, is that the Seahawks secondary is now going to take a huge hit with the loss of Richard Sherman. Richard Sherman would be covering Julio for majority of that game. Um, and even if he wasn't, he would still make a tremendous impact covering Taylor Gabriel or Mohamed Sanu. Um, so the fact is, is that Julio is going to be covered by and large by doesn't, not doesn't you're, not your typical right you're not your typical Seahawks corners. Yeah. Um, Earl Thomas is still injured, correct? Um, so I just I don't see this being Julio's huge game because the Seahawks do have a good front seven, but I I think Julio could really have a pretty solid game um, coming back after you know the last few games he hasn't been himself this whole season he actually hasn't been himself. So while it's not my favorite one because they are a thirteenth uh, the thirteenth ranked uh, pass defense, giving up about 218 yards per game. I do think that number is going to rise with the loss of Richard Sherman. It better. Let's go Julio. And funny enough, Julio is actually, like, I think, top five in total receiving yards in the NFL. Yeah, it's just no touchdowns. No t- receptions, yep. yeah, receptions have been down. It's He doesn't look himself out there, but that's because Matt Ryan doesn't look himself. Mm-hmm. And Mohamed Sanu apparently is the greatest player in the world. Who knew? So... <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, matchups to avoid. This one's pretty interesting as well. Uh, matchups to exploit gives us the opportunity to see players who can get us some points. But who are some guys you are you know, willing to avoid based on the fact that they might screw you this week? Not someone that I would avoid, but definitely I'm not going to sit him because he is the number one like wide receiver in the NFL. But DeAndre Hopkins going up against Patrick Peterson, who is, I believe, the number one cornerback right now. If he's not, I think he's top three. In the rankings, um, you're obviously going to start DeAndre, but there will be a chance that he's not going to have another 250-yard, you know, three-touchdown game. So I think that's a matchup, not necessarily to avoid, but one just to be, oh, okay, you know, DeAndre, he may not do that well, but you're not going to sit him. Yeah, that's a good one to bring up, too, just to uh, comment quickly, because Arizona D ranks near the bottom of the league against QBs and wide receivers this year. But DeAndre Hopkins will be going up against, obviously, the arguably the top corner in the league, Patrick Peterson. So uh, fade in daily leagues. But, I mean, obviously, in, in season long, you're, you're starting him. Um, somebody that I'm, that I'm fading. And last last week I faded, too, in the, in the Thursday game. I just thought after he had, like, 37, I think, 37, 42, 55 carries in the last three weeks. Uh, Adrian Peterson against Houston, the number three defense against running backs. Overall, a top five against the rush. I think last week's performance doesn't give me confidence with Blaine Gabbert behind center. I think they're just going to stack the box. They're going to expect them to hand it off to AP. And I'm just fading the entire Arizona offense in this game, including AP. You don't like Blaine Gabbert? You don't think he's, you don't, you don't he's going to enhance the team? Blaine Gabbert doesn't like Blaine Gabbert. <laughs> <laughs> That's a that's a fair statement. I, I will give you that. Um, that's a really good one. I actually had that one on my list at some point because, but I think it's kind of obvious <laughs> to me because Peterson has been atrocious. His yards per carry the last two games. He had that one great game when he was traded to, you know, to the Cardinals, and all of a sudden, nothing. Two great games. Two great games. He had that. He had that game where he had like fifty-five carries. Two out of four. Yeah, gave, yeah <laughs> two but, out of four. Yeah, but they gave him sixty carries. I mean. <laughs> um, yeah, my my pick is unfortunately going to be Leonard Fournette this week. If he plays. 
if he plays. Uh, Leonard Fournette for me is a is my choice because not only did he average 1.9 yards per carry last week on 17 carries, it was hard to watch. Um, but he's going up against actually a rather good Cleveland rush defense. They are the fourth-ranked rush defense, giving up just about 86 yards per game. And Jacksonville does try to run the ball as much as possible, but if they're going to get you know explosive runs from players like Corey Grant, and they're going to be throwing the ball a decent amount to players like Alan Hearns and Marquise Lee, because the Cleveland secondary isn't so good, I just I don't see how Fournette is going to have his hold his value. I mean, of course he's going to start on most fantasy teams, but if given the option to start, you know a player like Michelle McCoy, like I said, or Leonard Fournette, I'm going to take McCoy just based on, you know, his opportunity, but also based on his matchup. And the matchup against Cleveland's rush defense is not good. That will be my big fade for this week. Redskins Saints. Now the Saints, mind you, they're actually playing quite incredible, but they also have one of the top pass defenses in the NFL right now. So do you guys think that Kirk Cousin, his fantasy points go down this week against the Saints at home? Have his points been high? I mean, last week he had a good week. I'm I think he's still. I think he's still a top ten. He is a still a top ten. Top 10 That's because yeah. they they throw the ball a lot because they have no running game. Um, I, it's for me. He had a good week last week, thirty-two points, I think, uh, for the quarterback position. I just I don't know. I mean, the Saints have had a extraordinary season, especially on defense, given the fact that they were the worst pass defense in the league the last few years. Um, I'm still going to start Captain Kirk. It's just. It's just how it is. I mean, I, I have faith in him. Um, I don't have faith in his receivers, but I have faith in him uh, to produce against the Saints. I think it's going to be a higher scoring game. I think it's going to be, you know, a 34 to 30 game or, you know, 34 to 27 game. So I'm I'm, a, I'm still a, a fan of Kirk in this game. Last thing we'll talk about is what is your matchup, like a matchup this week that you find really interesting you know, they, it may not be your a matchup to exploit or a matchup to avoid, but more of a, a matchup, whether it's teams or players, that you're kind of interested to watch. I'm glad you asked that, Kyle, actually, because there's there's one matchup this week that I'm, that I'm very intrigued for. And I think if I asked either one of you at the beginning of the season, that neither one of you would have expected this, this to be the game. The Rams and the Vikings. It's unbelievable. It's between two of... The most prolific QBs of our day. <laughs> I mean, obviously, I'm exaggerating that a little bit, but they're having great seasons nonetheless. Similar to some of the other classic battles we've seen. Frazier Ali, Marciano Lewis, the Yankees and the Sox, Michigan-Ohio State, right? Some classic battles. This Sunday, we get the revenge game of the season. The former Ram QB benched, only to resurrect his career with the Vikings. Case Keenum, ladies and gentlemen against the QB who took his job last year. The one and only, statistically speaking, potentially number one quarterback this season, Jared Goff. Rams are the NFL's top-scoring offense. Minnesota's defense, fifth in points per game, first against running backs. Could be a tough game for Todd Gurley. The Vikings, 10th in points scored, and ninth in total yards. Stephon Diggs, the on top five in yards, against the Rams' D, who is in the top 10 against wide receivers, and sixth against the QBs. This game is in the home of Super Bowl 52. Also the birthplace, if you didn't know, the birthplace of fictional characters, Gordon Bombay and Charlie Conway. Minneapolis, Minnesota. I'm very much looking forward to this game. Should be a pretty awesome game. I'm, I'm, in, I'm ex- excited to see Jermaine Johnson against Adam Thielen or Stephon Diggs, whoever he's going to cover. I'm talking about another top cornerback. For me, uh, it's Eagles-Cowboys. Uh 
I think that it's going, you know, it's a Sunday night game. Everyone's going to be tuned in. It's a, you know, it's a primetime game. And, you know, I'm really upset that it's this primetime game. I really wanted the Dolphins again in a primetime game because they oh. clearly showed they belong there. Because, you know, they're just, <laughs> a, they're a really good team. Letting up 45 points to Cam is just, it shows you belong. But that's neither here nor there. Um, I'm more interested in this game because you get to see the Zeke-less Cowboys uh, going up against the best rush defense in the league, and it's not even close. They're letting up the Eagles are letting up 66 yards on the ground per game. That is baffling to me. I know we discussed this before, but if you think you're going to get the, that done with your running, uh, your offensive line taking a hit, losing Ezekiel Elliott for this for the next six games, I, I just don't see it happening. I'm more interested in Dak. Dak is my is my prime example here of, you know, I think he's going to step up even larger here. You know, the Eagles are letting up 250 yards um, through the air, and I think he's going to exploit that. I think Dak is going to have a good game through the air, and I think he's going to have a good game on the ground. Uh, and, you know, I know they don't get to let up a lot of ton, uh, ton of yards rushing, but I think he's going to take advantage of um, any situation he can. And I am a big fan of Dak this week. I think it's very interesting. It's To me, it's not an exploit, you know, avoids, you know, category it's more of the fact that i am really interested to see how Dak steps up without ezekiel elliott there if, if you had a better option would you start someone else over over Dak? no i am i am firmly a believer in Dak prescott not only as a quarterback but especially in this game it's going to be a prime time game they need to win this game they are they are not playing their best football and if they lose they will be in trouble so i have faith in Dak that he's going to have a, a really good game this week what if tyron doesn't play though Oh, I mean, the Chaz Green's really good, so I think we're fine. I think he looked great last game. Adrian Claiborne ate him for lunch. I mean, literally, he it was awful how, to watch. How do you not make it? It's amazing to watch. There, Lyle Collins, Lyle Collins will be the left tackle if, how if do, Smith is You can put anyone back there. What well, was Chaz Green was not in the game. That was awful. It was terrible and then to they watch. Moved. Then they got him out of there, and Byron Bell came in, and he let up two or three sacks to Adrian Claiborne. So it really didn't matter. I think Lel Collins, if he if they move him to left tackle, if Tyron Smith does not play, then I think they might have a better opportunity. Definitely but a better still, chance. Yeah, but it still gives leaves a glaring hole in the middle. So I, I don't know, but I think Dak is still going to have a great game no matter what. He's going to use his feet when he has to, and this Eagles uh, secondary is going to take a hit. But I, it's their, their season's on the line, so that's the only reason I think it's very interesting. Sorry to say. <laughs> Eagles win in a blowout. Oh, wow. Uh, Tyron uh, Smith doesn't play then. I I agree. We'll see what happens. A lot, of, uh, a lot of eggs in Tyron Smith's basket there. So. It is. A solid left best, tackle. I mean, he's the, the best, best left, left tackle, tackle in the game. game. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you can't. Maybe in 2000, 2009, maybe. In 2009? He was in, he was in like, school. high school in 2009. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Probably in elementary school. <laughs> <laughs> I like so, I, I I got a matchup actually that uh sure. I, I hate Thursday night games but the Titans Steelers Mariota hasn't been playing fantastic this year but their defense actually isn't isn't that bad now you're talking about the best running back in the game right now Lev Bell going up against Titans run defense actually only giving up 91 yards per game tough matchup for Lev but then Big Ben loves to throw the ball he's thrown the ball 306 times which is like 75 times more than Mariota has. So he has no problem with that. Antonio Brown, leading receiver in the NFL. I just think this this has playoff implications written all over it. And it's going to be freaking cold. Thank you for pivoting this so nicely to what I was going to bring up next. And that is Thursday night's game. Um, I think it's a huge playoff implication game, like you just said. It's It could be a first-round playoff game. I mean, it could, be the, it could be the divisional round. Or the wild card round, right? 
listen, yeah, wild card. Wild card. Yeah, I, I mean, I think this has huge playoff, uh, you know, implications about it. The Titans have looked very good lately, but you're going up against the second best secondary in the NFL, and that's the Pittsburgh Steelers, mm-hmm. which is kind of surprising, given the fact that over the last few years they've sucked in the secondary. So, I'm interested to see how Mariota performs. I am. I, I'm interested to see because Demarco and Derek just aren't really getting it done on the ground on a consistent basis. Yes, they can each go for 100 yards and two touchdowns, but consistently they have not. So I'm more interested to see how Mariota develops his game to fit uh, a matchup such as this. Yeah, I'm very intrigued. I was happy to see uh, Mariota go for two TDs last week, one rushing, one through the air. Some signs of life with his legs again, rushing for 51 yards. That definitely helped his fantasy day. Um, I'm hoping that he can continue that, and it's just a, a sign of things to come. And on paper, this is arguably the the best, at least most attractive Thursday night game of the season so far. So I'm looking forward to it. There's actually been a few Thursday night games that I haven't hated. They're, yep. I mean, they're really hot. And I, as much as I hate Thursday night football, and I know plenty of people are trying to get rid of – there's NFL players who have stated they want to get rid of Thursday night football. Um, I think there's been more Thursday night games this year that have, haven't sucked than compared to most years. 49ers Rams early mm-hmm. on on paper sounded atrocious and then it was all to awesome. be a barn burner. Yeah, it, was yeah. Inc- it was incredible. The Todd Gurley show that I remember that one. It was a lot of fun to watch back Jets, and forth. That was Brian Hoyer still had a job on the Niners. That's yeah, right. Jets yeah, put up right. thirty plus points on the Bills yeah. on Thursday night. I mean, so they, hey, we've had some pretty good games. First game um, of the season you know, too. Here's to hoping this is another good, uh, you know, game offensively, especially for all you Antonio Brown, Lev Bell, Marcus Mariota owners out there, and Juju Smith Schuster. Awesome. What a season he's having. Awesome. Uh, last thing we'll bring up about him because he is just great. Thank you guys for joining us. We we talked about a lot tonight. Uh, matchups to exploit, matchups to avoid, and then an interesting matchup to watch this week. Be on the lookout for our next episode, which will focus on our, th- our Thanksgiving games. It's already Thanksgiving. We're going to talk about those big three games happening on Thanksgiving, you know, our little turkey ball special. And uh, I may until go, then, I may go to one of them. Are you really? I may go to the Cowboys since I'm off wow. and we'll be down here. I may go well, celebrate Thanksgiving have, at, at Cowboys have Stadium. Have fun doing that. We'll miss you. Well, it's kind of, but all right. <laughs> hey, I'm a Cowboys fan. I've always wanted to go. Good for you. I hope I, you enjoy if it. If I have the opportunity, I, I may I may jump on it. I, I hope you do, and I hope you take plenty of pictures and enjoy yourself. Uh, Thanksgiving is going to be not the same without you, but it is what it is. Very upsetting. So... Before this gets too sappy, this is the Fantasy Fam signing off.